On December 31, 2019, a novel coronavirus was first detected. This was the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. This event changed the lives of everyone, a change intensely felt by our healthcare workers and professionals. Join me, Ryan Funk, as we sit down with Manitoba-based frontline workers, immunization specialists, doctors, and nurses with diverse backgrounds to share their stories, experiences, and contributions during the pandemic in Canada. Today, we sit down with Henry. Henry works as a psychologist with students. Thank you for joining us, Henry. Oh, welcome. It's great to have this venue to really talk about some of these issues that are really important to our kids. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I'm a school psychologist in the uh, in Manitoba, uh, certified in Manitoba, and I work with kids from kindergarten all the way to grade 12. And sometimes some kids go a little bit more than grade 12. How'd you get into it, Henry? Why did you want to become a psychologist? Well, that's a long story. It's actually quite interesting. Um, so, you know, in, in my career, I, I, I loved sciences. Science was really mm-hmm. important for me. Uh, but I also loved uh, the art of gab and having conversations with people and getting to know people. Well, then um, you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. So so it was very interesting, the, the combination of the two. I did make a mistake, though. I actually started in engineering <laughs> and, uh, and then realized it wasn't for me. It, it was the sciences, and I liked the sciences. But, uh, you know, instead of constructing bridges, um, I try to construct the bridges in the brain. So that's what I was hoping I can do. And that's why I ended up doing that. When the pandemic first hit, things felt like they fell apart. Things were chaos, confusion. How did your work experience change during that time? Most of my work is direct contact with people, uh, particularly students. And that was a drastic change. I couldn't contact them. I couldn't be with them. I couldn't connect with them. It was very difficult for us to uh, uh, to engage, to, to have those conversations um, at the beginning. We weren't even quite sure what system to, to connect. Uh, and they were trying this and they were trying that. What was secure? What wasn't secure? And finally, we did have at least some virtual approaches. We can actually get on the computer and look at people and, and have that conversation. But it took a while for us to really work through that. So that was the most difficult thing to start off with. I think the isolation for a lot of kids was was painful, uh, being away from friends, being away from the activities, and again, taking for granted some of the things that we do, um, from that hockey game that the kids would normally go to, mm-hmm. uh, to the spectators who would watch the hockey game. So those those changed drastically. Uh, play dates for young kids, they couldn't have them. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't go see their friend. They couldn't go see people that they really wanted to interact with. Uh, they really got good at those games online, that, uh, but that doesn't make that social piece. It's like, not like it's just not, not the same. same. It's just not the same. The pandemic was incredibly hard. I know for me and my friends, we spent every Friday kind of hanging out, watching movies, playing games. But something I learned about myself is that... I needed physical interaction with people, and it's something I wasn't receiving during the pandemic for obvious reasons. And I mean, I mean, on the other hand, there's also people who felt it was great. People were like, oh, finally, I don't have to interact with individuals. But that wasn't the case for everyone. It was a scary time for all of us. So 
what sort of conversations were you having with students, both the the very young ones and the ones kind of at the end of high school? Yeah, I think the first thing is reassurance. I think that, you know, again, getting them to understand that that we're working to, to making sure that we minimize as much as possible the effects of this, uh, because we do have to understand some of these kids actually endured having family members die. So this was an added feature to it. But it was just, again, reassurance that what we do, um, we're going to try to really minimize this as much as possible. Um, And then give them hope that at some point we're going to get out of this and we're going to get back to that same level of of activity that we had before and and hope for that and work towards that and, and, and do some planning around that. But unfortunately, there were some true losses that they had to deal with and we had to help them through that process. Uh, Like the graduations, you can't really take that back. Um, you're not going to be able to go down, you know, and, and, and pick up that diploma and throw the hat or make some stupid comment that you're probably planning for the past two years. You can't do that. It's a loss. And so you're really literally sitting there with going through grief and, 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 and it is a true loss. Many students didn't get to experience something that, you know, most people uh, out in, the, in Canada get to have uh, a graduation and You know, a lot of students didn't get to go to school. They didn't have those moments to interact. And, you know, we're not going to know exactly how that's all going to turn out in the future. But what sort of things were students asking you? Like, what sort of directions were they wanting? I mean, obviously, a lot of them were probably scared and, you know, feeling uncertain. Well, a lot of times is when do you think this is going to be over? So there is that real hope and like, this is this, is this going to last forever? And of course, uh, just clarity. Well, my mom said this, or my dad said, or uncle so-and-so said this, right? And so we try to stay as factual as possible and give them factual information because there was a lot of misinformation out there. And of course, they were accessing the computer more often than they should because there was nothing else to do. Uh, and some were going through certain rabbit holes and kind of getting information. It's like, we just wanted to make sure that you're getting the right information that we knew uh, and kind of help you guys navigate through what is misinformation that's out there. That's the first one. I think the second one is that we try to also encourage connection as much as possible. Um, when the pandemic started opening and we could have one guest over, you know, can the family and the parents realize that maybe one of those guests is a friend from school as opposed to just uncle so-and-so, you know, because you were limited to one. But again, thinking of the children and saying, hey, can you at least schedule that friend in or that one person in for the sake of the kids kind of thing? So that was uh, another piece that we really would try to work through. When dealing with this whole situation, what sort of conversations were you having with your colleagues during the pandemic? Well, what was the conversation that psychologists were having, like best practices, approaches, you know, that sort of thing? So as we spoke before, one of the biggest issues is how to, how to get connected. In in the past, a lot of psychologists, we have conversations about, hey, you know, we're not connecting with so-and-so because emotionally they're not connecting. How, what angle do we take? This was beyond that. It wasn't the angle at all. It was like, how do we actually physically contact these people and connect with them because we're in isolation? Um, And so that was the first one. And, and are we giving them the support they really need? So there's constantly talking about what are, what are the kids bringing to us? How can we problem solve around that? Uh, There is that whole piece of socializing, the whole piece of, and of course for psychology in the school system is what are they not learning? And, 
and how do we work through those process of making sure that they get the right uh, forms of education so that they can continue. Because coming back to school and you don't know how to read or you're, you're struggling with it, it just impacts your mental health even further. So it was really trying to come up with different strategies to support these kids in all the different areas that they were missing out on from the socialization to the academic and to behavioral stuff. You never know what's going on at home. You, you don't know what the situation is. For some students, maybe going to school was that opportunity to escape, the opportunity just to relax. And that was really tough. And sometimes we actually didn't like what we saw in the background when we're online with kids like, oh, okay, that's quite of a hectic place right now, right? And and you can just see the stress level, stress level of parents and those kinds of things. It's And it was hard. We just couldn't access. They couldn't get out. We couldn't get in, right? So it was just, again, that encouraging them to always think about where we're going. This will we'll, be over at some point, and, and how can we help you guys, you know, get through that? We also tried to provide a lot of different activities. Um, we would create lists of things for families and say, hey, you know, try these things to, to you know, occupy the, the kids at home, because if we don't, then there's going to be either, again, on screen doing something, or they're going to get themselves into trouble amongst each other kind of thing, right? So it's just trying to provide them with some sort of activities that they can engage with, um, and then just encouraging parents to... It, it, here's an opportunity. Be with be with your children and and take that time to to have that dialogue or conversation or you know bring out the trouble game again you know and uh, and play that kind of thing just to see where things. I do know of a family who really took it into chess and and uh, they all learned how to play chess together and and then it became kind of their family game to play uh, and just kind of connect. And again, uh, a lot of things that we need to uh, that we learn it's done in a social environment Mm -hmm. and and you know family became important again uh, during that time coming back to the school system what are some things you would have liked to see changed Um, there's a lot of conflicting information at times you know just how the scientific consensus works as you get new information you can then release information but you know it can be challenging sometimes what would you have liked to have uh, seen changed. Yeah, and I think to the 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 different divisions also receiving information, you had to figure out what to do with that information. Again, this is unprecedented, right? So we're not quite sure what is it that you're supposed to do. I think as a system, sometimes, again, as a psychologist, when we're looking with kids with with significant issues at the moment. A system moves slower, and we wanted it to be a little bit more reactive, a little bit quicker. Uh, it took a while for us to figure out certain things, and and who suffers, of course, are the kids who are at home mm-hmm. and and waiting, right? And you know, yeah. again, it says, "Excuse me, can you wait for a second and hold on to your anxiety because we have to figure out what we're going to do," type of thing. Uh, and we can't ask them that, right? So, so the system is a little bit slower. Uh, I think we're ready, better if this were to happen again. I think that that the eventually started learning how to do certain things, and I think we can put it into place a lot faster. Uh, I think, too, it, it was the return. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't normal. We, we couldn't come back to just being normal. This impacted people. And and were we really preparing our teachers to really deal with some of that stuff? I don't think that was as 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 clear as it could be. And I think there could have been a little bit more in terms of understanding that it's not just you know, we have to recover our math or recover the, the English courses that, you know, it's, we have to recover that social piece. Um, we have to recover that, how to interact with people, mm-hmm. um, how to con- deal with conflict, how to deal with all those different things. Cause we, we didn't have to do that for two and a half years. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do you deal with those kids who, who missed out, you know, just because they graduated in a long part of the system, 
you know, what have we done to help them maybe, you know, have that moment? Can we do that? And some did better than others, right? So it wasn't consistency across all divisions type of thing, right? So again, it's just a, how do we react, react a little quicker and think about it in a more broader way? Uh, yes, we're educators, but we're also there to help kids socialize and, and know how to interact with the world. And, well, and yeah. that needed to be part of it as well. Our teachers and educators are helping lead students through those early developmental stages and with everything that happened with the COVID-19 pandemic, with the closures, um, virtual learning, you know, we're not going to know quite what those sorts of effects are going to have on students. Maybe we'll only learn about, maybe there's nothing. Or maybe there's something we learned down the line that it did have uh, a dramatic effect. But we're not going to know till a couple more years down the road. Yeah, and we know if they're mentally not ready to learn, they're not going to learn. So if we just focus on the learning and not the other piece, it doesn't necessarily work very well. It's sort of working extra hard and not necessarily getting the benefit that we really want to, right? So mm-hmm. it's 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 ensuring that, and again, teachers aren't social workers or psychologists, and they didn't really sign up for this, but I, I think a lot of them are so willing and ready. They're caring people, right? But just give me a little bit more prep, you know, just give them a little bit more of the, an understanding of how can we deal with some of these things, um, I think would have been better for them. And these are conversations to have moving forward. What can we learn from this whole situation? How can we take pressures off our, our teachers and educators to provide the best education possible for our students? Well, Henry, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, but I guess one of the most important questions to have is, how did the COVID pandemic uh, affect yourself? What sort of mental and physical toll did this whole situation take? As a helper, we want to make sure we're doing the best we can. And when barriers come up or something doesn't allow us, it, it's it, it's hurtful. Um, we do get frustrated. We you know we can get frustrated with the system because we think it should move faster. Um, the misinformation sometimes has come out that like can we clarify that? Can we work through this? Right? It would, I think we just would like to see it a little bit more efficient um, because we're seeing on the other end of of, of its toll uh, and what the, what they're going through. Right? So it's it's just hurtful for us to to have to experience that. We want to, we want to help, but then there are barriers that get in the way. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Henry, for taking the time to uh, share your experiences with us. Well, thank you for, for asking these questions. They're very important. This project is funded by the Government of Canada through Canadian Heritage. 